Good morning. Welcome to the Barn Sunday Morning Services. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me. Uh, oh, and happy Memorial Day. And this is the time we were supposed to remember the dead soldiers, right? And that's what it's about? All right, so it's not a time for ribs. Remember the soldiers. Uh, good morning, everybody. Good morning. How y'all? Good. Interesting subject today. I'm looking forward to talking about this. It's um, Exodus 3.14. Anybody ever heard of that before? No? You don't know. Do you ever read the Bible? Oh. You ever read the Bible? Yes, I do. Oh. Occasionally. Not, I mean, not all the time. Not all the time. Occasionally I read the Bible, yes. And so you never heard of Exodus? You, I, yeah, I've heard of You've Exodus, heard of but never yes. read it. Yes, oh, okay. That's right. All right. That's right. Well, it's, um, um, I'm done, Robert. Go away. <laughs> it's, um, we only have one mic today, I heard. They both are working now? John? Oh, okay. Whenever Billy goes into the studio to repair one thing, he messes up something else. <laughs> Every time. I'm sitting there waiting to come down, right? And the engineer, uh, the director comes up and tells me, oh, there's a problem. He said, Billy worked in the studio, so one of the mice may not be working. And right away, my mind got busy calling Billy all kind of names. <laughs> but it says that, uh, and we talked about this all week on my radio show. One thing I do is, I'm doing is uh, once a week, give a biblical verse and then get the feedback about it. And, and the reason I do that, one of the reasons, well, two. One is I want people to become aware that they do not understand what they think they understand about the Bible. You know, they have read it, they have heard it, and then they quote it, but when you really look at your life, your life has not changed. <coughs> Excuse me. And yet people won't realize, you know, I read the Bible, I, I can quote the scriptures, but nothing's really changing in my life. Why is that? Because God, if we are of God, He is He will change our lives for the good. And so what a lot of people start to do, they read the scriptures, but if their life don't change, then they make up excuses about it. Well, I'm not doing this. Or one day when I get to heaven, or whatever, whatever, right? Maybe I didn't pray long enough. I didn't read enough. So they come up with excuses rather than saying something is wrong here. You know, what am I doing wrong? So I bring up these scriptures so that we can have a, a discussion about it and hope that people would see that. And this, this one has been very, very interesting. 90, oh, before I tell you that part, it's uh, when God told Moses uh, uh, to go and talk to the Jews, and I believe it was in Egypt, right? They were in captivity in Egypt, I believe. And God told him, told Moses to go, and so Moses was like, okay, I'm going to talk to these people, what do you want me to say? When they asked me who sent me, what should I say? And God said, tell them that I am that I am. Tell them that I am. Anybody heard that before? Yeah. yeah. And so, so I'm thinking, 
And so you are. What does that mean? You know, that's not going to help me get out of Egypt, right? Just knowing that you are, what does that mean? So I asked people, what, what was God talking about when he said, I am that I am on the radio? I asked that question. And excellent feedback from emails and Facebook and call-ins. And so what I want to do is ask that question here. Who, who heard it on the radio? Oh, good. Oh, so nobody knows. Ooh. So how many people read that before in the Bible? I am that I am. Okay. And you know what it means, right? You have a view on what it means right here, John, the guy. Thank you. Uh, yes, uh, I am that I am. I, I remember reading this when I was young, and I, I thought and wondered and pondered on it, and I found it fascinating because I thought this is, there's really some big statement being made here. Right. And I came to realize that you say, well, you know, uh, uh, right off the bat, someone who's maybe superficial and foolish would say, he says that he is who that he is. Well, big deal. Everything is. But the fact is, is there are those who are not. There's the world of illusions and false concepts and false philosophy, false gods. There's the imagination. And these are all projections. These are images in the mind. They lack <coughs> authentic substance. They are not what they appear to be. And they are deceptions. And... God is telling Moses, I am that I am. This is the real one, the real McCoy, the authentic product, right. you know, whatever you want to call it. And that's what he was basically saying. How did it, what did it do for you personally to come up with that? Uh, it made me feel like I was smarter than everybody else. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that old ego at work, huh? Yes. <laughs> And so did that help you to know that, uh, to come up with that? Uh, it didn't help me to know it, but it helped me rationalize mistreating other people. Oh, I see. And when it... <laughs> so it didn't do anything for you except build your ego. Yeah, I just okay. built... Well, I, I, more seriously, I, I think it did help me. It gave me some, it gave me some depth to wonder about and, and look at something with. I think it did that as oh, far as okay. perspective. All right. it, didn't, it didn't change my life instantly and cause me to become immediately a, a better person or anything like that. But it I did think, not. I think it did, though. It did give me a bit of seed. Oh, okay. It planted a bit of seed. And so when it didn't do anything to change your life immediately, did you say, oh, that's fine, as long as I know I got something to hold on to here? I, I, I think so. I, I didn't expect it to change my life in a flash, but I, I think that I had a little insight oh, okay. that contributed to my understanding of what's going on in the world and about myself, about my God, about everything else, about false and true doctrines. Okay. Let me take the young lady at the back who is agreeing with you by acknowledging her head. <laughs> well, I, I just hold, hold on a minute here. About, you know, so you've, you've read that before and heard that, right? Yeah. yeah. And what, did it, what does it mean to you? Well, it means to me, I am that I am, means that's really all you need to know. That's all you need to know? All you need, I am that I am. Be, and that just leads me to think about, you know, reading the Bible's 
good, but when you reach out and get obsessive over it, it's like getting addicted to anything. It, so it, you're reaching if, uh, out, you know, and you're not spending time with God every day. And if you do that through that, then the Bible opens like a flower. Right. Imagine yourself enslaved in Egypt, all right? And here you are praying to the Lord mm-hmm. to take you out of that situation. Mm-hmm. Come and help me. Or even imagine yourself just in the, in the stuff you're going through now in life, which is still enslavement, right? And so you're praying to God to, you know, get me out of this situation. Help me out. Show me out. Along come a guy who says, okay, God sent me to you, and he told me to tell you he is who he is. I am that I am. What would be your first thought? Well, I don't know what I would do in that. I mean, I've never now, been in that just in the stuff you go thing. through now. Yeah, uh, just to remind me to go inward to the kingdom. That's what I would get, you know, from it. it up, but I'm, let's I'm say getting, you hadn't heard about that before. Because you, about, you heard about this, that uh, recently. But this, this is something new, some guy coming and telling oh, you. Oh, I, I wouldn't get you, it. You wouldn't get it. Uh, you'd be like, yeah, you'd be like, Okay, I'm in prison. I'm getting whooped and beat every day. Yeah, right. I'm working for free here. Uh, have to eat bread and water. And you are you who you are? Yeah. That's not helping me out of this situation. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I would be thinking that. Yes, I would too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm suffering, and I'm praying to the Almighty to come save me. And you're going to send a message like that. Yeah. That wouldn't be very encouraging to me. No, it would be confusing. Uh-huh. But most people don't realize that. And that's what I want you to start realizing. Just knowing the words is not helping you. That's right. At all. But for some reason, people are in denial about that. They don't realize, I'm not getting help here. I know these scriptures, so they'll just make up stuff. Just make it up. A whole lot of folks, thank you, thank you. A whole lot of folks said, um, well, it means that God is almighty. He is all this. He's that. He's tough. I, I wish I had brought some of the responses. Uh, it means that God is God, and all that is true. He is tough. He is God. He can do whatever he wants. But we already know that. And knowing that is not what, it doesn't make us free either. We know God can do whatever he wants. We know that he's almighty. We know that he can whatever, whatever, right? And so... Saying that I am that I am, it's all like he's just bragging. You know, how's that going to help me out of slavery or out of my misery today, the stuff that we deal with today in life? You can quote that scripture all day, and unless you get some understanding about it, you're going to die in misery. Have you noticed that? You can go to church, you can lift up, hold a hand. Let me tell you something here, then I'll come to you. Um, 16 and Estimated 16 million people in America use painkillers. All in the name of Jesus. 16 million people in this country use painkillers. 5 million people take sleep aids. They take something to help them to go to sleep. 5 million. All in the name of Jesus. 18 million are reliant on some form of antidepressant. 18 million people. And I guarantee you, most of those people have, are familiar with that scripture. I am that I am. They will quote it. And you ask, well, what about it? What does God mean by that? They will say, oh, 
You know, he's great. He's almighty. He's all this and he all, he's all that. That shouldn't be enough for you because it's not changing your life. That makes sense? No? And Christ came that our life may change. He came to bring us out of slavery, out of captivity, captivity into freedom. But that hasn't registered with a lot of people. And I don't know, I guess it's denial or something. I, I don't know why, because all of my life, thank, thank God, I've always known when I wasn't free. And, and, and now I am free. I know I am free. And I read the Bible. I went to church. I did all the everything. But I still knew I was not free and that the Bible wasn't working. And I didn't blame the Bible per se. I just knew I was not free. But most people don't seem to realize that they are not free. If you have to take pills to go to sleep, you're not free. If you have to take pills because you're depressed, you're not free. There was another stat from CBS Atlanta. It says that women are 40% more likely to develop mental illness than men. 40% more likely to develop mental illness for men. And you know what they do for that? They give you more pills for your mental illness. They don't tell you how to overcome it. Here's another pill. It's just more money for uh, pharmacists and people who make this stuff, psychiatrists and therapists. They don't tell you how to overcome it. They just say, hey, so women are 40% more likely to be uh, depressed or mentally ill. Take a pill for it. <laughs> or the church would tell you, read some more Bible. Go to church even more so. Do this. They don't tell you how to overcome. Isn't that amazing? It is. I just think it is. There's so many people are suffering unnecessarily. Another thing I realized about suffering, most people don't overcome their suffering because they are not willing to go through anything. They are not willing to go through suffering. They are not willing to let themselves feel what they need to feel to get better in life. That's why they take the pills. That's why they get drunk. That's why they overeat. That's why they lie, steal, and cheat. That's why they get mad at others, because they don't really want to feel anything because they see feeling something as being negative. They judge it as wrong, as bad. This is good. This is bad. So they don't let themselves feel anything. They find a way out. Have you know, anybody guilty of that? See that? You got you to gotta be willing, if you want to be free, you must be willing to go through whatever you must go through without judging what you're going through one iota. You got to let yourself go through it. You just got to watch yourself going through all these different things, and it's taking you somewhere good. But when you deny it, when you run from it, when you don't face it, all you're doing is setting yourself up to suffer even more so, to reach outside for more stuff. If somebody is treating you wrong, that's good. <laughs> But, you know, but most people judge it as bad. You know what I'm saying? And then if they're treating you good, that's bad. But most people say that that's good. Someone treating you good gets you nowhere. Have you noticed that? No, you haven't noticed that, huh? Come. Someone treating you good feels good. Someone treating you badly feels bad. 
And so you're constantly making these decisions about good and evil. Most people will not allow themselves to go through anything. And they have no idea how much that's holding them back from this freedom that I'm talking about. From, from knowing what God meant when he said, I am that I am. Because they would not allow themselves to go through anything. You put a little pressure on it on them, they hate you. Your mama look at you out of the corner of her eyes, you're mad at her. You go to her house, her house for lunch, and she's trying to tell you what to do. Oh, how are the kids? They're doing fine, Ma. Oh, yeah? Uh, what have they been doing? You need to give those kids this. You need to do this for the kids. You need to do that, right? And you get mad at Mama just like that because you don't want to feel the pain of Mama. Have you noticed that? You don't want someone says something bad about you. Don't let them gossip about you. And you hear that somebody gossip about you, freak out. <laughs> absolutely freak out. Don't gossip about me. I don't want to feel anything about that. And one other point. Another thing I notice about most people in this world, they refuse to be themselves. Most people are not themselves because being yourself seems uncomfortable. They think it's easier to be like somebody else, to sound like someone else, to do what they're doing, to act like they're acting. Act like a movie star. Pretend you have this and you have that. Pretend this and pretend that. They won't let themselves be themselves because they don't understand what it means. I am that I am. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh <laughs> Yes, sir. Just making a point. Just food for thought. Um, you know, the, to expand on that um, circumstance. I, this, I know you heard the show or you heard me say, so don't say what I'm going to have to say about it no, at I'm this not. point, because I not. want people to discover um, The background of that, I'm just going to give the background of it, is that what? there was already a prophecy background that God of would what? come and take the people background out of Background of what? The background of I am, who I, I am that I am, I am who I am. Let me come back to you. Okay. You're making me nervous. Because I, I know he already heard me on the radio, and a lot of times you give people information before they need it, it cut off self-discovery. Have you noticed that? Because one of the primary problems, I think the first and most primary problem in America today is that uh, we have been taught too much. It took away self-discovery. From the moment we pop out of our mother's womb, they start teaching you. The first thing they do is smack you to make you cry. And from that is teaching, get up and walk, let me show you how to crawl, let me show you how to think, let me show you how to act, let me show you what to feel. This is what right is, this is what wrong is. If the kid is not doing it your way, they cut it off. And they teach you, and it's taken away from self-discovery, from understanding. And it's unfortunate. The good news is that you can overcome that. It's still within us to discover, to, to know. But you got to start seeking what's right first. Yes, sir. I've heard it said, I am that I am. And yes. I've also heard it said, I am who I am. Right. That's because the Bible, they're constantly changing the Bible. Yeah, which one is the right translation? They or, both mean the same. Oh, do they? Yeah. Okay, because what I heard, I am that I am, I 
forgot that it also says I am who I am. Right. So the word that I took to mean due to, like I, God was saying that he exists due to the fact that he exists, whereas the rest of us exist due to the fact that he, that he exists. <laughs> <laughs> and did you feel smart from thinking that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did it help you personally? No, but I agree with um, some people that have, that have said that when they read that, it sounded like something um, powerful. It sounded like something powerful. But, but they didn't understand it. I don't understand it. Yeah. Meaning that God is powerful and stuff like that? No, but just the, just the way that he said it was uh. powerful. <laughs> <laughs> the way he said it is powerful. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. And then Popeye says that, too. <laughs> I am what I am. I'm Popeye the sailor, man. Uh, just, be, just before he eats, or after he eats the spinach, right? I don't know. He's nothing prior to the spinach. I am what I am. Right? I am. Yeah, and as soon as he eats, then he's somebody. I don't know why he says it. Popeye? So what? I don't even know why Popeye says it. Because he feels good from smoking the joint. Don't you feel better after you get high? <laughs> after you have that, uh, <laughs> don't you feel better once you get drunk? You know, it seems like the problems are all gone. You are pop out of sailor man. You can, I know a lot of people who, if they are high or they are drunk, they can come up here and face the audience and not feel shy or insecure. I know a lot of folks who smoke pot before going to work because they say they can function better when they're high, when they're high pot, they'll pop out of sailor man. But when they're not on, that reality sets in and they realize they're nothing. You know, so it's the same thing. It was just a cartoon anyway. It's not that serious. <laughs> I love that show, but I never put much thought into it. I just like he always beat the enemy. You know, he always wins when he does that. But, uh, yeah. Have you heard that scripture before? In the black and white? And what did it mean to you when you heard it? Or read it or heard it? Or both? I just felt like, um, I don't know, I wasn't ready for this. <laughs> um, <laughs> and no pressure at all. We're just fellowshipping here. Uh, We're testifying uh, one to another. I took it to mean that everything was going to be okay. Um, no matter what happened, because God is always there. And even if it seems really bad right now, that it'll get better because he's there. Because he's there. And he is who he is. And he is who he is. He's God. Right. The tough guy. Right. Oh, okay. And did that change your life in any way? Um, it might not work here. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, holy um, Not in the beginning, yeah. um, but um, just recently, just through things that I've been going through, um, I just feel like it's okay because of that. Because of that? Because of that, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you've been going through some things in your own personal life. Right. And, right. and just knowing God is who he is helped you to go through it? Yes. Oh, okay. Definitely. It caused you to go through it. In, in what way does it help? Um, because I know it's not forever. I know that what I'm going through is not forever. 
and then it's going to get better right. because God wouldn't let me go through it forever and go through pain, go through heartache, go through whatever the situation yeah. is forever because I know that God always wins out over evil. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yes, sir. One thing I noticed about about that, uh, it's I think it's about the third or fourth thing prior to me gaining my salvation. I understood that uh, there is a God, and I'm not it. Oh, okay. And that kind of came from that verse. Uh, and Did another, that help you? Yeah. In what way? Uh, I realized that uh, I'm not the creator of the world, and everything doesn't revolve around me. And I, I gained my salvation by knowing that. And then I started telling people, there is a God and you're not it. So, I'm sorry, how did it help you? Tell me again. I, I, that there my is mind a God, drifted for a minute. That there is a God, yeah. creator of all things, maker of all things. No, how I did didn't it, do it. Oh, okay. So I realized that I'm not God. I am that I am. There is a God. Oh, okay. And he can he can help me and he can save me. Okay. Interesting. Interesting stuff, right? Interesting stuff. This is so interesting to me that I can barely stand myself. <laughs> only because only because I know that I, I now understand what happened to me. And I now understand that one of the reasons that I was so screwed up for so long is that my folks screwed me up, first of all. You know, my parents, they was all messed up. Even though they was, if you met them, they're some of the nicest folks in the world. My dad called into my radio show this week to wish me happy birthday. Everybody loved him, right? Oh, he sounds so nice. Just love your dad, right? (laughs) And I also know why they did it, how they did it. But the beauty is that one day, 35 years ago, sitting in my prayer closet, just wanting to know what's wrong with me. And, how, you know, I go to church, I study the Bible, I read the scriptures, I gave my money, I got up at four in the morning, did it. How come I'm not changing? You know, what is wrong here? And he allowed me to see, and I've not been the same since. He really did. He allowed me to see just like that. And seeing, once you see, then you see. You really do. And I'm glad about that because it gives me hope that there will be others out there who will hear this message, for example, and they will reflect and things will change. Because hopefully from this, they realize that they didn't know what they thought they knew. And knowing what they knew did not help. It was only knowledge. And one thing about knowledge is not going to change you. It will not change. You can have all the knowledge until the cows come home. You can be, have a Ph.D. and an F.A.D. and a G.A.D. or whatever. <laughs> you can know the Bible, and it's not going to change you. Have you noticed that? You're still miserable. You still have fear. You still have doubt. You still have worry. You still blah, blah, blah. You're still trying to follow other people. It's just your kids are all messed up on drugs and lying and stealing and killing and turning on each other. And you still don't say, hey, what's wrong with this? So I have hope that somebody will hear this and their life will change for sure. Uh, Yes, ma'am. 
Robert, maybe you shouldn't sit down and get comfortable. I just want to know Robert, let me ask this question. I pointed way over there, and you went to her. Why is that? I can't hear you. You're doing I this. I don't know. I, I just I thought Rhonda wanted to, to ask the question. But she's so, just sitting there. She's not moving. And my hand went that way. I did not see it. Right. You need to pay attention. You're not paying attention. I'm talking to the mic guy. Sorry about that. Okay. In the church, I'm yelling at the mic guy. And now he's freaking out. Why are you freaking out? Because I screwed up. And that's the reason to freak out? Yep. He's doing all like this. Having a fit. But how is that helping you to freak out with this is telling you to pay attention? I guess it doesn't. Speak into the mic. I guess it doesn't help me right now. So why are you freaking? Oh, I just let, uh, I guess I just have to overcome that. No, know? no, no. I said, why are you freaking? I don't know. I'm under pressure right now. That's why you're freaking out? Yep, because oh. I'm under pressure. And you can't handle pressure? Uh, yeah, I can't handle pressure whenever I'm uh, under pressure. I'm sorry? Whenever I'm under pressure. And you've been doing this for years. Do you see yourself freaking out? Yeah, I do see myself freaking out. Okay. But not enough to relax. Right, not enough to relax. Okay. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I understand that. So now I'm going to really stay on you. What do you think about that? Okay, fine. Do you, <laughs> do you appreciate pressure? No, I don't appreciate pressure. That's a problem. Yeah. You got to appreciate pressure. Don't have a, a negative or a positive thing about pressure. Because see, what the thing is, I get, I get angry when, you know, when I thought it was correct and somebody says, like, like you just pointed out, I thought you pointed out to Rhonda. Yeah. And I swear you did. That's why, I th and maybe because my eyes My hand was like this. Good, you know? Well, I'm sorry. I just didn't, I did not <laughs> see you were pointing at Stephanie. I thought you were pointing at Rhonda here. And why I you freak out the, under pressure. I thought that's what you were pointing out. And then, instead I pointed to Rhonda and then you got on my case over this and I got mad at you over that. Oh, you got mad right away? Yeah. Oh, and that's why you're freaking out. Right. You see, and you see pressure as a bad thing. Yeah, I see as a pressure as a bad thing. And why? Because a lot because of people, most people do. Well, I just see it as, you know, when I thought I have it was people correct who work here, for and then, me. Then, then suddenly, I have people then suddenly who work when you get me. on my Hold case, on. and when I get hey, on my case. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> I have people who work for me, sound like my wife, if I had one. <laughs> I have people who work for me, they're even key until I put a little pressure on them. Until I say to them, well, why are you doing this? What about this? And then right away, their attitude changed. What are you trying to say? I'm doing the best that I can do. I'm like... <laughs> but Jesse... Listen, right, oh, listen, right, Jesse, hold you, on a minute. Just hold on, I'm coming. I'm coming to you. And I noticed that right away, their attitude changed, right? And I was talking to two other employees about another situation that was happening in the office. And all I wanted to know, who made the decision about the situation, right? And it was hard for both of them to say who made the decision without blaming the other. Well, they did this if they weren't. I'm like, look, don't worry about that. I just want to know who made the decision. Well, they said this. I said, look, if I want to know about that, I'll ask about that. All I want to know, but because it was a bad decision, both were afraid to say I made the decision. <laughs> and it was so interesting to see that. And I point these things out. 
so that you'll start paying attention to yourself. I have to pay attention to myself. The reason I know what's going on with me, I pay attention to me. And I'm like, wow, that's weird. I was taking a shower this morning and went unconscious for a minute, and Satan started having a conversation with me about somebody. And he was just talking to me and, like, telling me this is going to happen. And I'm like, wow. And I came back to what was going on. I'm like, wow, that's something else. Satan can start up a conversation with you and have that dialogue, dialogue while you're not paying attention. He could be rolling around ideas in your head and telling you things about what's going to happen or what will happen because you're not paying attention to yourself. Anybody ever had that happen? Isn't that something? Excuse me. And the beauty about it, it doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, short or tall, rich or poor. Everybody has to deal with this. Every, this is one time you can say everybody. All have to deal with this because we were born in sin. But Christ made it possible to overcome. But most people are not paying attention to themselves. God said, know thyself. And if you, if you get to know yourself, you can be free. It's amazing. And Satan tells them this, all this stuff in their head, and they start believing it. And that's why they need antidepressant pills and something to go to sleep and something to wake up and something to this and that because they're not paying attention to themselves. Uh-huh. Yes, ma'am. Let me go back to the young lady. <laughs> when you talk about depression and feeling the pain, is that the same? People are, are depressed. Are they feeling the pain? Yes. Yeah. Depressed people are feeling the pain, too. But they are trying to avoid feeling the pain by taking the pill. I mean, if they don't take the pill, they're just depressed. I know some people are depressed and they want to kill themselves or something. Right. Are they feeling the pain, just feeling the pain real bad and just want to kill themselves? They feel guilt. And then Satan convinced them because they're so angry and they're feeling the guilt of being angry. It's a spiritual problem. And they're feeling the guilt of being angry because anger is judgment. So they're feeling the problem judging. And so they're wide open for Satan to come in and tell them, you know what? Life ain't worth living. And you're so depressed now. Really, it's not depression. It's a separation from God. It's a spiritual problem. You're living in darkness. And in darkness, there is no peace. And so Satan is your father, right? And so he's telling them, you know what? You're depressed. You might as well just kill yourself. Nobody loves you and you don't love nobody. You know, life is awful. Everybody hates you. You're never going to get better. Your girlfriend left you. I remember once I wanted to, and I tried to kill myself. I'll tell you this. I, I was uh, in my early 20s, and I was so in love with this girl. And she going to, I used to be so in love with that girl that I would have her come up to my job because she was so fine. I wanted everybody to see her so I could feel good. Anybody ever done that? See, we all do the same crazy stuff. And so when she would come up to my job for lunch, and I would walk her all the way through all my friends, can see, instead of taking the shortcut to the cafeteria, the straight and narrow path, I will walk her around every department that my friends were hanging out at. But she, we broke up. <laughs> and I became depressed. What I thought was depressed, because I had lost my God. But I didn't think of it at the time as losing my God, right? Don't tell me what to do. 
No, <laughs> I'm just joking. That's the director. I will stop touching my shirt because I'm hitting the mic, right? Yeah. yeah. And so I went, my, my emotions and my loneliness and all that stuff just took over. And then Satan started telling me what it's going to be like if she was with another man. I, would, I couldn't handle that. I could not imagine her being with another man and knowing that they're going to be doing what we've been doing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was a mess. And so one day he said, you know what? You're not going to get over it. Life is not worth living. You know, you're never going to be better. Whatever he said to me. He said, just take some sleeping pills or some something, right? And I took some sleeping pills. And the next day I was so sick. I mean, that's the worst feeling you can ever have. And they took me to the hospital and pumped that stuff out. And I said, I would never do that again. But it was because I had put her in the place of God. Anything you put in the place of God, once it's gone, an emptiness is still there. And then if you don't really know what's going on, you replace it with something else, or you can go to a point of killing yourself. It's just a spiritual separation from the light to live in the darkness. That's what it is. That's all it's about. But the world call it depression. They call it anxiety. They call it mental illness. They call it a physical thing so that they can give you appeal rather than point it out that it's a spiritual separation from God and it's easy to overcome. Just simply realize you need to forgive. Stop being a judge. Don't hold anything against anyone. Don't hold any grudges against anyone because you're judging them. And when you judge them, you shall be judged. What you're putting out will come back on you because you're really not doing it to the other person. You're doing it to yourself. Even though in your mind you think you're doing it to someone else. And so I didn't know that, but thank God he didn't let me die. Can you imagine I could be dead now missing this fun? But I learned from that. But yeah, it's a separation from God. And so when you feel this stuff in your life, you're only feeling it because it's a separation from God to be your own God. And uh, if you can be still and know that, then you can overcome it. Don't let anything replace it. Don't run out and find another man or woman. Don't run out and find friends who are going to say, oh, it's not you. You're okay. You're not a bad person. Don't go for that. Go through what you got to go through, and then you can be free. And be, you know, the Bible said, rejoice in the time of tribulations, because tribulation work is patient don't, in your life. Don't complain about going through it. Just go through it. And I'm telling you, it's mind-blowing. It is absolutely mind-blowing to go through it. Because when you cut it off by denying or getting mad or judging, all you're doing is setting it up where you're going to have to go through it at some point or you're just going to get worse in life. You're never going to get better. Did that help? Yes. Is there another part to your question? No. Oh, okay. Yes, sir. I was listening to a story this week about a man who uh, was in a was in a van and had an accident and became a paraplegic. And he learned, what he did is he learned so much about himself uh, that his acts of being a paraplegic meant nothing. Uh, when people look at him, they'd say, what happened to you? 
and he he learned so much about himself being a paraplegic yeah. um, that he had grown to another person. He wanted to meet the man who who made him a paraplegic. All he wanted is what an apology. And when he went to meet the man, he could not believe uh, this person. Uh, this person attributed everything to God. That this was to God. And it was amazing to him that this man had no self-examination of himself. He, this man had been... Make a long story short for me because I'm tired. Had 27 other accidents before this happened. Yeah. And took no credit and took no, no, this was my fault. And That's a uh, very the good man point. was so blind to his own ways of living that... that caused the death of another person and made him a paraplegic uh, and you know he was totally blind and that this man had learned so much about himself that you know he was he was practically dead the guy was practically he, he was just dead. think of very good point man just think of the things in your life that you've gone through over and over and over and over and over again and you got nothing from it that's a horrible way to live you just keep, as he said, you just keep causing accidents in your life. And because you won't examine yourself, because you're mad at others and judging others, all you do is have accidents in your life. You don't change at all. Have you noticed that? Over and over and over and over again. And some people never get, so, get over that because they don't take responsibility. They don't look at themselves and see what's going on. Isn't that amazing? I'll come to you. I saw your hand again. I'll come to you one minute. What did you think? Did you, you heard the scripture before? I am that I am that I am. Yes, I did. It, Actually, um, yeah. first I'd like to thank the Academy for this award. <laughs> I, I love <laughs> yeah. microphones. I don't have to get high to like a microphone. Um, it's very ironic. Yesterday, uh, well, from the time I was a very young child, I actually saw the movie uh, The Ten Commandments. Before I read, before I could even read, and um, I heard this great booming voice saying, I am that I am with the Charlton Heston. And um, I came from a very strict, almost militant background. Um, and I would hear, we'll see. When I heard, we'll see, that was a, a command almost. Or I would if I heard, I am what I am, that was the voice of God saying, this is the way it is. And I never questioned it, just like we'll see. Yeah. It, it was yeah. A, that was the way it was. And um, just yesterday I was watching the Ten Commandments. I'm in a, a transitional type housing due to circumstances. And um, I never questioned it. It was a, something greater than myself. And I picture a hand holding me, holding me and, and caring for me. And it was just a power, something greater than myself yeah. that I knew without question. Um, and that's just the way it was. I just didn't question it, just like I didn't A lot of people don't question it. I they just go on and on with it. As a matter of fact, I don't know if parents are still doing this, but my parents used to say, don't question God. Don't question it. Don't, don't. How are you going to know? How are you going to say to God, I don't want you to mean if you can't question him? And I used to be afraid to question God because I thought he would take some lightning or something and strike me out, take me out. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. And um, he knew everything. He knew if I was lying and if they could yeah. everything. So if I am what I am, 
I didn't know exactly what that was, but I knew it was greater than me and knew everything and saw everything. Yeah, I know what you mean. Is it hard to overcome your anger? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm just learning. You're just learning? Do you want to overcome it? Without a question. Then forgive. The only reason it's still there is because you're unwilling to forgive. That's right. And, and, And so why don't you forgive because all you're doing is you're not hurting the people that you're mad at or that hurt you. You're not doing anything to them. No. You're only doing it to yourself. Well, it's like drinking poison and waiting for them to die. I've heard that saying. Yeah. yeah. So why don't you stop drinking the poison? And, and have you ever done things in your life that you wish you had not done? Yes. <laughs> and you would say to yourself that I would never do it again? Yes. You're like, I'm sorry. I, I would never do that again. I can't believe I did it, right? You've, done, you've said that, right? Mm-hmm. But yet you end up doing the same thing again. Mm-hmm. It's like something else is making you do it. Without question. Yeah. I don't know why. As soon as it happens, I don't know. I, I don't know why I did that. That's right. And whether people who hurt you, the same thing is going on with them. They don't want to hurt you. They just couldn't help themselves. And I, I don't know why they did. I even look at them. I don't know what. You don't need to know why right now. You just need to know why you're doing what you're doing. Right. You, just, like, just like they treated you, you treated others that way because you become like them. You become like what it's you ugly. hate. It's an ugly feeling. Yeah. So let it go. They, they, they couldn't help themselves just as you can't help yourself. I know, I, I, and I try. Sometimes it just is so much more than me, and that's when I have to pray. I just, it's, it, oh, it's just like this feeling. I can't, ugh. I understand. It's not even me. It's, that's it right. Like it's, it's sin that's made a home inside of you. You have a, a spirit of, uh, of, of uh, anger. You have a real spirit that's made a home inside of you, and it came from judging others and being mad and doing this, and now it lives in you and controls you. And all you need to do is learn to relax and just watch it, but don't have an opinion about it, and it will change. And I can see when it changes. I can feel. I feel it. No, God will take it away from you completely. He doesn't want that in you to drive you. He wants to be able to live in you and guide you. But those two can't live together. And so you got... inside of me. I can feel it. Yeah, you got to forgive yourself and others. You got to let it go. Just like, just as you wouldn't want someone to hate you, no. they don't want you to hate them. Whomever hurt you don't want you to hate them for it. They couldn't help themselves. I understand. You understand that? Yes, I, that's why I'm here. Yeah. I'm gonna, uh, in a minute, I'm going to tell you about the prayer so I can show you how to really let go. All right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I appreciate your honesty, though. That's the beginning of it, for sure. I can't do it I'm tired. I love that. I can't do it anymore. I'm tired. So at this point, you have no other choice but to give up. Throw up both your hands and let God will be done. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. Yeah, I'll show you in a minute how to pray. Good. I appreciate your honesty. Uh, yes, sir. Oh, Rob, did we finish with you? No, we didn't. Oh. <laughs> First off, I still want to disagree with you here because I thought you pointed to Rhonda and not to uh, Stephanie. But it's I not about it's that. Okay. It's about you freaking out about it. You over there just having a... Uh, what do you call it? Epilepsy kind of things, whatever, huh? A uh, what? A seizure? Yeah, you having a seizure over nothing, over a little pressure. It's not about whether you went to the wrong person or not. It's about your reaction, the way you're reacting about it. Okay. 
That makes sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Can you imagine yourself being married and your wife yell at you, pull the pressure on you, and you go into that? It's yeah, over. I can, yeah, I can imagine that. I can see it now. <laughs> well, make sure you get over that before you get married. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Yes, sir. You bring up, um, you know, you're talking about judgment and everything, and it just, um, and, and handling pressure and stuff. Yes. That is where the rubber meets the road. Yes. With everybody. And, uh, That's when you learn to not, re, not learn to, when you see, not see to, when you're no longer reacting to pressure of life, you, you're then with the Father. You've entered into the kingdom of heaven within. When that happens to you, then you're there. But as long as you're overreacting, you're not there. You're not in, the, in that new place yet. Within. Yes. I don't know. I thought I had something more to say about that. But oh, tell me it what just... you're about, about to say about the back end of the sermon. Oh, that... Um, because of time here. Uh, quickly, that there was already a prophecy in place. Joseph said that God was going to take the people out of Egypt before he died. So they were expecting a savior to come. And um, when Moses came, then he came with that, I am sent me, meaning <laughs> that... The real deal has come to save you. The one, the same real deal who was your father's real deal. I was like, Moses, you got to do better than this, nobody. <laughs> I am sent you. Who is that? <laughs> Go tell Pharaoh that. See how that's going to work. <laughs> You're going up to Pharaoh. Pharaoh, I am sent me. Okay. But, you know, he was also sent with power, not just with right. flowery words. Okay. More powerful words. He was sent with power itself. That's the one thing I love about that story yeah. is that God gave Moses power to do what he needed to do, needed to do. And that power is in us too. It's really it's in us as well. But unless we get to this point where I'm talking about, you're not gonna know that power. Let me take the young man to white shirt first, and then I have five minutes. Yeah. Okay, thank you, Well I'll, I'll You can yell at me, James. This is the only time you get to yell at a black person. <laughs> Other than that, you're a racist. <laughs> That's what they say to white people. Whenever white people have to yell at black people, it's only because you're a racist. You can't be telling the truth. It's because you're a racist. Oh, sorry, Ronnie. <laughs> yes. You know, I was wondering, uh, you were saying about you just brushed on depression for a while there, and I was thinking about this like about a week ago. Is, is depression real or is it an illusion? Illusion. An illusion. It is not real. Yeah. It's, you're deceived by Satan yeah. about that. And every time you believe him, he just pulls you more into darkness. Right. Excellent question. Excellent point. You know, there's nothing like what you said, I am. Yes. When I was in the first grade, I heard that story. And I remember thinking that I I, I remember thinking that what I always thought it meant was he is God was saying I'm the most high and there are you know there are no authorities above me that's what I always got I thought of. that too it's like I'm great I'm God I'm almighty and blah 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 right you but only that had to say what what was it two wor three words I am yeah two I, words I am that I am any yeah. more clearer than that it couldn't make it any more clear. I understand what you're saying. 
But that didn't do nothing to change your life. Did you notice that? I can't hear you. No, I didn't do anything to change my life. It didn't change your life at all, did it? The almighty God, I am, I am, didn't even change my life. Okay, I believe you. You're almighty. And? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what do you want to say, Patrick? Um, no, I mean, there's different meanings to the word I am. And we always, when we heard it, I think 98% seem to have heard the I am, you know, like Muhammad Ali, I am the greatest. Yeah. And, yep. uh, and I think that's why people associate that with God, because I am sound like you are great and wonderful and powerful. Yeah. And, you know, you can you pop out a sailor man. Yeah, I think what, what, what comes to us when we grab it seems to be the reality. So we go no further with it. Yes. It seems right. We don't challenge it. Our, our mind goes dead, and that's it. Exactly. Nothing else happens. Exactly. In um, uh, Exodus 3.14, uh, the divine name revealed. Moses then said to God, Look, if I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your ancestor has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? What am I to tell them? God, God said to Moses, I am he who is. And he said, this is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. And I'm like, yeah, okay. And then uh, I, I am have sent me, ha, has sent me to you. God further said to Moses, you are to tell the Israelite, God, well, he said Yahweh here, but because of the Jewish book, the God of your ancestors the God of Abraham, the God of uh, Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name for all times. This is my name for all times. And thus I am to be invoked for all generations to come. Uh, what I realize that God meant by that is that uh, in the Bible, talk about there is no past, there is no future, there is no, it's just presence, right? And so it's just now. That's all we have in reality, presence. That's why God said, come into the presence of the Lord, right? And so what God was saying to the Israelites, as he's saying to us today, that he is present. He's with us. He's with us. That's all he meant by that. I am with you. And once you can, that is revealed to you, everything else come with that. You, you, it, 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 it enlightens you, it warms your heart, it gives you the confidence you need. It takes you away from your intellectual mind to know that he's with you. That's all he was saying. I'm here right now. I'm not in the past. And I'm not in the future. I'm here with you. That's all I've meant. I'm present. Not I'm this big, mighty guy that all you have to do is know that I'm big and mighty intellectually and I don't change your life in any form or fashion. I want you to know I'm with you. When that is revealed to you, as all truths are revealed to you, your world will just change. Just like It will change your life. And if you're not being changed by uh, 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 revelation, if things are not being revealed to you, you don't have it. And you got to get to know yourself so you can see when it's just intellectual knowledge that puff you up 
and make you feel good by repeating it or if it's revelation or not. That's where the problem is. People can't tell the difference. Because they, they associate words, I think, with the definition that they've learned in school. As, as Pastor was saying, Muhammad Ali said, I am the tough guy. And so I am mean tough, I guess, in the world, right? And so you're just associated God as a tough person, the Almighty, and that's all it meant to you. But he, it, he, tell, he sent them a message. I'm with you. I'm here right now as I was with Isaac, Abraham, Jacob, and all those guys. I'm with you. And he wants this generation to know that too, that he's with us. That's all he's saying. And when you learn to live in the present, have that mind of God, your world will change. Instead of living in the past, unwilling to forgive, and looking to a false future to make your life better, you got to get away from that. That doesn't exist. It's an illusion. All you have is right now, this moment, with God, right here, right now. Everything else is a lie. And people don't understand it. They can't separate the voice of Satan from the voiceless voice of God. That's the problem. And you've got to forgive in order to enter into the kingdom. And know what I'm talking about. God said, before you enter in within the body, you must forgive. You're not going to enter in until you let go of Satan's identity. Because unforgiveness is the spirit of Satan. As long as you have that in your heart, he is your father. I don't care how nice you are, how mean you are, how rich you are, how poor you are. As long as you have one iota of resentment in your heart, Satan is your father, not God. And then once you enter in, you're going to live by a different energy source, too. You have energy, energy that is of life. And you, you find yourself doing stuff and have time left over to do nothing. And it just, it's just amazing. It's another way of living. But you've got to forgive and you've got to live in the moment. You give up all your knowledge and all that you think that you know. You don't know a thing. We're all as dumb as a doorknob. We really are. That's why we want to be like others and we want to judge others. We want to have what others have. We want to lie, steal, and cheat. We want to do whatever it takes because we, don't, we are not connected to God. You can't be yourself. You have to be everything else to try to get some type of relief. But it never works. Or if it works, it only works for a moment. And the last point is, you cannot know God and hate your fellow man or woman. You cannot have one iota of anger and, and say that you know God. Because the purpose is, is for God to work through us to bring love unto the earth. Through us. He's bringing love into the earth. And if you have one iota bit of anger, then you have no love. I've seen that happen with me in life, with people who are very close to me. They could get mad at me about, they're like, oh, I love you. You're so, you're so insightful. You know, you're the man. I love you, right? We have one iota of disagreement. It changes just like that. They now hate me. The eyes are rolling, turning red, and turn, if they're black, they're turning blackish. <laughs> if they're white, they're turning pink. And just, there's, and I'm like, and, I'm, and I should see that this person is like this 
because they don't have love. They still have anger. They have no love. That's why they're like this. So I don't hold it against them because I realize that they can't see. And that's how you are going to be once you forgive so that you can enter into the kingdom of God within. You don't have to wait until you go to heaven. Heaven is right here. Thank you for tuning in and thank you guys for coming. I appreciate it. For more information, to purchase a copy of this program or to make a donation, visit us on the web at bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-2663. That's 1-800-411-BOND. You're all-